Good morning. Good morning. Oh, it's so good to see everybody this morning. Really good to have you here today. See all your lovely faces ready to hear the word of God. Ah, praise the Lord. And for I'm going to be speaking today not to only to you all, but to our video audience as well. And for those of you who are watching by video, we are pleased to have you dropping by as well. And if you're local and you're looking for a church home or even just an occasional visit, we want to extend a personal invitation to you to come on over. We meet regularly here at the Women's Institute Hall in Taplow on Institute Road, and the postcode is SL60NS. You'll see our banners outside as you drive up and the Keep Clear sign painted on the roadway right beside the driveway. We meet most Sunday mornings at about 10.15 for coffee and tea, and then our service starts at about 10.30. You'd be most welcome. You can also find our website and our email information if you want to learn more, or if you have a prayer request, at the beginning and end of the video. And again, it's really good to have you with us today. So, welcome. Okay. Now... The, the title of my message this morning is called Strategic Invalidation. Oh, I see eyebrows going up going, what in the world does that mean? <laughs> well, what is a strategic action? It's a part of the strategy undertaken by planners and plotters to further an agenda or to destroy the plans and purposes of an opponent. That's what a strategy is. Now, over in the U.S., they have the Strategic Air Command, and that's the division that controls the Air Force that defends the U.S. airspace. And as I was looking up online, I found a company here in the U.K. called the Strategic Land Limited, and it's used to identify and to protect land boundaries. And in war, you know, there are all kinds of strategies and strategic plans for the use of personnel, troop movements, supply lines, battle plans, etc. All of that stuff is called a strategy. And even in sports, they have strategic plans laid out for the use of personnel or defensive or offensive tactics, depending on the way that the game's going. And in our personal lives, we all have strategies as well, even though we don't call them that. We set up savings accounts to protect our money, we start pension plans to ensure that our retirement is not one of poverty and deprivation. We even take out life insurance programs to protect our families and loved ones when the time comes that we're no longer able to do that for them. And those are all strategic movements. But what about our spiritual lives? What strategies do we employ that will ensure our souls and spirits are well cared for? Well, we pray. Um, at least I hope we pray. We go to church. Thank you. We fast. We study our Bibles. And we do all the things that we think being a Christian is all about. And all of that's well and good. And those are the actions that validate our assertion that we are part of the family of God. And sometimes we even get an attaboy from the Lord as we go about the Father's business. And we congratulate ourselves on our Christian lifestyles don't we? Oh, I just did something really so good. God's just so proud of me. And we just get gritty and we just get so happy because, you know, we got something done for the Lord. You ever done that? Have you ever done that? Have you ever felt like that? 
I did something good for the Lord, and it gives you a really good feeling. And we fully believe the verses in Isaiah where where God says this, I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way that I work. And God's decree says this, For as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way that I work surpasses the way that you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. But just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom, producing seed for farmers and food for the hungry, so the words that come out of my mouth won't come back to me empty-handed. They'll do the work that I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment that I gave them. And that's Isaiah 55, 11. Because we do believe those words, we begin to think that that's all there is to it. That God's word is the end all and be all and do all. So we don't have to do anything else. That's God's strategy after all, his word. It will get the job done that he desires. But I want you to look at this. What is this? It's the Bible. What is it? It's the word of God. That's right. It says so. It's the Holy Bible. King James Version, which is what I learned on. So (laughs) everybody else has a favorite other version. So all we have to do is hold that book up, and whatever God wants, that will happen. Right? Uh, No. Nope, that's not it. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says this. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now that verse is very powerful in that it has a heavenly strategy attached to it, and it has several layers of meaning. First, it means that we study God's word to find out how he wants us to live so that he can approve of how you did it, right? Study to show your self-approved to God. Secondly, you study God's word to find out that he already does approve of you. He loves you. Before the foundation of the world, he loved you. Before you were ever born, he loved you. You study the word to find that out. And thirdly, you study God's word to be able to understand it and therefore to be able to teach it in all of its many layers of meaning. And that's one of God's strategies for his word. But because it is such a powerful strategy, there will be massive opposition to our implementing that in our daily lives. We don't have time. We can't read well. It doesn't make sense, all that flowery language, especially that old King James Version. And the Bible has no relevance for today. It was written thousands of years ago by dusty old men who wore dresses, for crying out loud. How many times have we heard things like that? You know, it's, it's too old-fashioned. I don't understand it. We, we, we even say those things to ourselves. Oh, I don't understand those, all those names and the begats and the begotten and all that other stuff, you know. <laughs> we do that. We do that all the time. But Romans 10, 17 says this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, if you're not hearing the word of God, then your faith is not in him. Right? Okay. The Message Bible says this in uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 58. This is Jesus talking. And he says, 
A prophet is taken for granted in his hometown and in his family. And then it goes on to explain, he didn't do many miracles there because of their hostile indifference. Now that's a, that's a pretty strong statement there. In King James, it says he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. This unbelief or lack of belief is born out of the strategy of the enemy and seeks to invalidate our walk with God. You see, that's his job, to strategically invalidate us. Now, the word invalidation has a legal meaning, too. It's the legal procedure to cancel a registered trademark. And what are the trademarks of a Christian? Our faith, our walk, our testimony of what God is doing in the earth today, our love for one another, and the enemy will use any means to get that done. If he can't get us to actively doubt God, which was his first tactic and strategy in the Garden of Eden, he will get us to, to doubt ourselves and what we know and what we know about God. I heard this uh, a while back, <clears throat> and it's so true. It says, God calls us by our name. We are the adopted sons and daughters. Jesus, brother and sister. Satan calls us by our sin and weakness. Liar, lazy, stupid, cheat, worm. And in thinking that we don't want to be found guilty of the sin of pride as well, we agree with him. Yeah, I'm just a worm. Because I don't want to be I don't want to say things that cause me to look proud. I'm just a worm. <laughs> When we agree with him like that, we invalidate ourselves. We're not, we shouldn't do that. We really shouldn't. There's a series of advertisements on TV right now that says, don't, don't yourself. Don't, don't yourself. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. I don't, I don't, I don't. And they go through a whole hilarious host of things that we actually do to invalidate ourselves. Some of them are worldly, but the same principle applies. Now, a few minutes ago, I said that Jesus couldn't do many mighty miracles at Nazareth because of their unbelief. Now, these people were part of the cancel culture of that day. They canceled the power of God in their lives because they did not believe in him or Jesus whom he sent. It didn't stop the move of God, but it did render them incapable of receiving the best blessings that Father God had to offer them at that time. Now, we're not told, however, how many did come to believe that Jesus was who he said he was later on in his ministry. His followers went from one and two to twelve to thousands back to eleven then to one who stood by the cross, then to 500 or more on the day of his ascension, and then back to thousands on the day of Pentecost because of the word of faith that they received when they witnessed his resurrection and ascension. That validated them again. Those were the ones who did not invalidate themselves through worldly beliefs and doubt, who fully believed that Jesus was God in the flesh. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He was Savior. And they 
themselves were the recipients of the grace of God. They fully believed what, with John that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who would ever believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. They didn't fall for the strategy that the enemy uses to try to invalidate us. Oh, who do you think you are? Spouting all that religious stuff. Why, I knew you when you did such and so. And he brings up something of our past, a sin, a failure, a weakness, something we may not have fully gotten resolved with the Lord. Now, (laughs) this is my personal belief. It's not a thus saith the Lord, so understand that this this is my personal viewpoint. There are two layers of understanding of the unpardonable sin. One is the obvious one of attributing something ungodly to the Holy Spirit. But the other one is more insidious and sneaky. And it's the sin that we won't allow God to forgive. We feel that our sin is too great. It's greater than the forgiveness of God. It's more wicked than any other. And therefore greater than the power of God to forgive. This is perhaps the most wicked of strategic invalidations that the enemy can throw at us. That our sin is greater than God's love and mercy. Talk about spiritual pride. Oh, God can never forgive that because I can't forgive myself. No, God can't ever forgive that. Baloney. Talk about the father of lies and this humongous fabrication and contortion of the truth. God says, I will cast your sea into the lake of forgetfulness and I'll never bring it up to you again. When we come to him and we ask for forgiveness, that's his word. That's his strategy to keep us free and clear and righteous in his sight. Then there are the lesser sins. The ones that everybody does because they hear the whisper of that liar. Oh, it's no big deal, really. Or, well, it's just the way I am. Or the way I was born. Or the way that my mother made me. Or the way that my dad abused me. Or this, that, or the other thing. We hear all those things all the time. But really, in reality, we do feel a bit uneasy or rebellious in even saying those things. Now, if you're feeling shame and guilt over anything doesn't matter what it is, that's an indication that your conscience, your spirit, is seeking resolution and restoration. Go quickly to the throne of grace and receive everything that God has to offer. Healing, forgiveness, right standing, mercy, and help. Stop allowing that sneaky, lying road rogue to keep telling you what you aren't. Then you start telling that lying scoundrel who you are. I am loved, 1 John 3, 3. I am accepted, Ephesians 1, 6. I am a child of God, John 1, 12. I am Jesus' friend, John 15, 14. I am joint heir with Christ, Sharing in his inheritance with him, that's Romans eight seventeen. I am united with God and one spirit with him, first Corinthians six seventeen. I am a temple of God, his spirit and his life lives in me, first Corinthians six nineteen. 
I am a member of Christ's body, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. I am a saint, Ephesians 1, 1. I am redeemed and forgiven, Colossians 1, 14. I am complete in Christ Jesus, Colossians 2, 10. I am free from condemnation, Romans 8, 1. I'm a new creation because I am in Christ, that's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I am chosen of God, holy and dearly loved, Colossians 3, 12. I am established and anointed and sealed by God, 2 Corinthians 1.21. I do not have a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind, that's 2 Timothy 1.7. I am God's co-worker, 2 Corinthians 6.1. I am seated in heavenly places with Christ, that's Ephesians 2.6. I have direct access to God, that's Ephesians 2.18. I am chosen to bear fruit, that's John 15.16. I am one of God's living stones built up in Christ as a spiritual house. That's 1 Peter 2, 5. I have, oh, this is a good one. I have been given exceedingly great and precious promises by God by which I share his nature. That's 2 Peter 1, 4. I can always know the presence of God because he never leaves me. That's Hebrews 13, 5. God works in me to help me do the things he wants me to do. That's Philippians 2.13. And I can ask God for wisdom and he will give me what I need. That's James 1.5. All of those things are the things that you can spout back to the enemy when he tries to invalidate you. When he tries to tell you that you're not worth anything. That you don't have any standing in the body of Christ. That you don't have any power. That you are nothing but a worm. These are the things that you spout right back at him. I am a child of God. So you shut your lying mouth and leave me alone. And you've got to start taking that stand. It's time we stopped being invalidated by his lies and start invalidating him. And guess what? Not only is he our enemy, but more importantly, we are his enemy. This is not a one-sided warfare here where we're always on the defensive and seemingly powerless to combat his, the things that he throws at us. Because of all the things that I just read to you about who you are in Christ, that makes us the victor, not the victim. Amen? 1 Peter 5.8 in the Phillips translation says this. Be self-controlled. Self-controlled, not enemy-controlled. And be vigilant always, for your enemy the devil is always about. Prowling like a lion, roaring for its prey. Resist him, standing firm in your faith. And remember that the strain is the same for all your fellow Christians in other parts of the world. And after you have borne these sufferings for a little while, God himself, from whom we receive all grace and who has called you to share his eternal splendor through Christ Jesus, will make you whole and secure and strong. All power is his forever and ever. Amen. Now, make no mistake here. I'm not trying to glorify the devil, but to expose him. And all his silly strategies. I'm giving you some solid biblical ammunition and strategies to combat him in this thing called life. And I want you to be aware of his tactics and see how shallow that they really are. 
Now, there's an old hymn that teaches us this. It's called, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. You all know that one, don't you? A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he, amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing, for still our ancient foe does seeth to, to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel fate on earth, but it's not his equal. It's not God's equal. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. And that word is Jesus, by the way. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The spirit and the gifts are ours through him who with us sides. Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also. The body they may kill, but God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. Amen? Do you know where fortresses are usually built? They're built in the front of the land that's being protected. They are facing the enemy. That's where fortresses are built. This is where God is. We go to the battle and we return to the fortress for replenishment, for rest and restoration, and rearmament. We put into practice all the strategies that we've learned to invalidate the move of darkness. We reaffirm our positions and we advance the kingdom of light. And it makes no difference how large or small the battle, whether it's deliverance from some worldwide demonic force or merely the breaking of a bad habit. It's all defeat for the enemy. It's invalidation of his power, his influence. And this is heavenly strategic invalidation. And that's what it looks like. Amen? Praise the Lord. I'm almost done. <laughs> Not very long message today. Now, I've got a whole host of um, handouts here I want to share with you. To give you some... Um, <laughs> There's who I who I am in Christ. Healing confessions for kids. Put on the full armor of God. I am highly favored. Confessions. Confessions for protection. Put away anger. Confessions. Prosperity daily. Confessions. Conquer cancer with the Word of God. Confessions of a bold soul winner. And exercise your authority. And I want you to take one of each one of these things for, your, for yourself. These are weapons. These are your strategic invalidators for the enemy. And I want you to be prepared to use them. Read through them. Take one from each stack. One from column A, one from column B. <laughs> and really learn how to take back your authority. You have more authority than he has power. You have more grace than he has wickedness. You have more life in you than he has death. You are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Amen? Amen. 
Now, if any of you have need of prayer, if you have anything on your heart that, that God has really impacted you with today through this message, let us pray for you. Um, if you're listening at home and you have anything that you would like to be prayed for, do send us an email and we will have our prayer team pray with you. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you are strengthening us. You are showing us how not to be invalidated, but how to validate ourselves on your word, through your word, by your word, because that's where our power comes from. You are our strength. You are our mighty fortress. You are the one who is the conqueror over all. And Lord, we thank you that you dwell in us. We thank you that you live in us. We thank you that you shine through us. We thank you, Father, that you provide for us. Everything that we need, we can get from you. Father, we bless you, we glorify you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.